Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast for Wednesday, December 19th. I'm Jay Gragnani. And I'm Ian Saunders. And, geez, December 19th, it's hard to believe Christmas is now less than a week away. Tuesday. You finished Christmas shopping yet? I haven't started. <laughs> um, so we've got some time left, there though. There you go. A few days. Lots of days left. Yeah, there you go. My goal every year is to not be shopping on Christmas Eve. Okay. That's always my goal. That's probably good for traffic. Um, see, the, the benefit, though, of shopping on Christmas Eve is there's not a lot left on the shelves. There you go. So you, you got to kind of take what you can get. <laughs> but um, with that said, uh, it certainly doesn't seem like many investors have been shopping in the markets so far this season. And, you know, we were just looking at it and, and t- looking back. And historically, you know, December is a very good month of the year for the market, historically. As a matter of fact, for the S&P 500, it is historically, going back to 1950, the absolute best month just in terms of average return out of all other months of the year. Mm-hmm. And 2018 has certainly not been that way. Uh, the, the volatility that we saw pick up in October and November has bled into the month of December such that as we're sitting here at, through yesterday, uh, through the 18th, not taking into account the, the market uh, activity today, which is you know up uh, up some uh, as of right now, that that certainly could change throughout the course of the day. But the S and P five hundred is down about seven and a half percent so far this month, and it that has dragged the year to date returns for the market indexes S and P, S and P equal weighted, Dow, all in negative territory for the year as well. And you know that that volatility is, is certainly continuing to the extent that we've seen. Uh, initially, back in November, saw some of our shorter-term indicators initially bottom in very low levels in many cases. And you know things like the New York Stock Exchange bullish percent BPNYSE. For those of you looking at charts uh, and familiar with that indicator, that had bo- that had initially bottomed at thirty percent and then had reversed up. And uh, during December. We have seen that now reverse back down and actually make a new low. Mm-hmm. I think we had a um, report that was um, coming out. It came out at the end of October that looked mm-hmm. at looking back at each kind of historical time where it crossed beneath that thirty percent level. And what we've seen there in the past is that it's oftentimes not just one line down and one line up. Right. Is that right? Right. Or it's, it's you oftentimes might see it might reverse up and then come back down and test lows again, which is what we're seeing now. Yeah. Yeah, and you look at, you know, the, the bullish percent has made a new low. It's now down at 26%. And it's interesting, that 30% line, that for the New York Stock Exchange bullish percent, there's typically two lines of demarcation that we have talked about. 30% and below is considered the oversold territory or, or green zone that we look at it. And 70% and above is typically what we would consider to be overbought or, or the red territory. And... When we're sitting here talking about the green zone, now, historically, the best buying opportunities in the market come from reversals up from below 30%. The the other side of that coin, though, is when you get to 30% and below, that's historically when the volatility picks up considerably. And what I mean by that is we went back and looked through some data on the S or excuse on the S and P five hundred as well as the New York Stock Exchange bullish percent, and you know what we found is that uh, going back historically, uh, number one, only four percent of days 
that we look back to, to data that we have, uh, daily data back into the 90s. But only 4% of days did the bullish percent spend at 30% or below. 77% of the days, it was between 30 and 70%. That, that's not too surprising. Mm -hmm. Th those numbers, I'll admit 4% I thought was lower than normal, but mm -hmm. um, that, that's not too surprising that the bulk of the time we spend in, 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 in between those two lines of demarcation, mm -hmm. between 30 and 70. And during that time period, the daily volatility of the S&P 500 or, or the standard deviation of the S&P 500 during that time period is just under 17%. Hmm. That's during the between 30 and 70. So that's for the vast majority of the time, th three quarters of the time, the volatility of the S&P has been about just under 17%. The 4% of the time that we've been below 30%, though, that volatility has gone up threefold up to a volatility of 48%. Wow. And so what that means is historically what we've seen is as that bullish percent has fallen below 30%, it's come with a historically high spike in volatility and that's exactly what we're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we're sitting here at 26%, we're below 30%. Um, and uh, that data I think just kind of tells us what we've all felt here recently is that you know volatility during these time periods do pick up when these indicators get low. You tend to get volatility as markets are, uh, you know, as some of these indicators are, are trying to find bottoms. And so that's kind of what we're dealing with now is uh, a, certainly a spike in volatility uh, with the bullish percent down below the 30% level. Yeah, absolutely. So, but you, you mentioned earlier, it's not uncommon. I mean, you go back to the mid '90s, and virtually every single time that the bullish percent fell to thirty percent or below and reversed up, that wasn't the last. Mm -hmm. You very often saw a subsequent reversal down, which we've now seen again. And then, you know, typically what we've seen, we'll see. But the the second reversal up and the potential exceeding of a previous top at 42%. So if the bullish percent were to reverse up, exceed a previous top at 42%, that would put that indicator back on bull confirmed status, mm -hmm. would be a very positive sign for the yeah. market. We've yet to see that, but that's something we'll watch for. I think so. And I think the point, I mean, just going back and just seeing, seeing it from the, the piece we had in the report, the point to, to like, it, it's typical too that it, when it goes back, it, it won't necessarily just stop at 30, like we, like we saw. It, it blew past it, blew down. Um, which is typical for when it's retesting those lows. Yep. It's seemingly there. Yep. So definitely a point to continue to watch for uh, yeah. as we continue. Yeah, and you know the other thing too is one as we're things that we've watched for. Um, you know the S and P five hundred certainly is is has tested uh, its trend line on a longer term basis on the twenty point chart has violated that trend line is now testing support on the. Um, in the February lows. And so one level there on uh, February, the 20-point chart fell to 2540, fell right to that uh, last week, 2540, and has right now has held. Uh, 2520 would violate, would take out those February lows, and you know that would be a, a negative sign for the market. Um, but that 2520 level will, will, will again, uh, 2540 being the support level, 2520 would take out that level as well. Mm-hmm. And another area that we've seen kind of talking about is volatility. I think domestic equities are, I mean, uh, up a percent right now. See mm -hmm. what happens after the Fed meeting. Uh, we, we've seen spike in some other 
indicators kind of across the um, kind of the platform there. And the big yeah. one being that, that the money market percentile rank, which for those of you who may not know, the um, money, monarch, money market percentile rank um, looks at the um, asset class group scores page, which you can get to by going to the in indicators tab and then asset class group scores. And that's where we rank. We have 134 different classifications for ETFs and mutual funds on the site. And um, money market is, is one of those groups that we look at. And so it's looking at um, where that group, the money market group, ranks relative to kind of the rest of the stuff that we can track on the platform. Yeah. And it's currently at, at 78%. Uh, so it, it's doing better than, than most of the things yeah. on, on the platform. Um, and it spiked above um, pr pretty quickly pretty quickly here, which is consistent. We'd, we'd seen a more steady rise kind of up until this point. And then after the close of trading on Friday, um, we saw that 30% that spike, which is more consistent with the spikes that we've seen in the past, at least. Yeah. Um, and so there a few points. It, it did cross above the, um, the core equity percent rank, which looks at the, the kind of relative ranking of um, – the S&P 500 index funds. So, but they're, they're kind of right there, neck and neck, um, back and forth. I believe money markets at 31 and U.S. core equities at 33 right now um, out of 134 groups classified there. Um, but that was something that we, we saw steadily creeping up and um, definitely was a, um, was a, big, a big point com coming into this, this Monday morning here. That's right. You know, you saw those those scores spike pretty quickly. You saw some pretty important key uh, relative strength charts uh, turn the way of favoring cash over stocks, um, and which which caused this spike ups um, in the money market percentile rank, um, certainly. And so, uh, the the usefulness of those money market percentile ranks numbers and, and the way that that we have historically used those numbers is to help dial up and dial down the equity or, or just general market exposure in some of our fund score models. So a number of models that are run based on the fund scoring methodology will look at that money market percentile rank at month end. And so no, no action would be taken today, but at month end, if those numbers continue to be above uh, above the level, above 50%, and in some cases 70%, then we would see some cash, uh, more defensive positions move into those portfolios. Mm -hmm. So, and so, a couple of them are, a couple of them have said the trigger points would be 50% and 70%. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we Different also mechanisms, yeah. we also just added another one that uses a, a two-factor process for those of you who. who who might not have seen it? It looks at like the, the money market percent has to be above fifty, which is, is mm -hmm. it's done so now. And then it also looks at that core equity percent, which is kind of right neck and neck with money market now. Actually, has to drop below forty percent to uh, to trigger catch. So right now, the MMPR 50, 50, 70, and the forty fifty all hold the same thing right now. Yeah. If you're looking at the models, but um, just to give some options, maybe some of y'all might not have the ability to go 100% cash based upon your your, um, your broker-dealer or what have you. Um, so th that would give you different trigger points, kind of the more conservative being the 50% the threshold and the, the more lenient or the, the more difficult to trigger being the that, that PR 40-50. So. Yeah, and, and the, the, there's different methodologies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the I think the important thing about these is, you know, th they all work. Mm -hmm. the, their different methodologies work. And the important piece is, you know, sticking with, 
you know, uh, being consistent on the implementation of it. So, you know, as you have questions, as we're seeing some certainly changes in our indicators, you might be seeing changes amongst some of the indicators that you're looking at or, or holdings in individual stocks. Give us a call. We're here, you know, to take your questions on, uh, you know, general market thoughts or just one-on-one -on -one position management basis. So our number, 804-320-8511. Uh, we're here for you to, to have those conversations. But um, with that, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of end on that uh, note and uh, we'll be back with you. As always, we appreciate you joining us this week and be back uh, with you next week.